So good, we're uh, diving in right to uh, the first section, which is uh, Bible intake, and um, we're looking at the whole area of spiritual disciplines. I want to sort of reset uh, where we are. I made some recommendations last week, so I want to make them again. Uh, A lot of the material I'm using, it's not exclusive, but a lot of the material I'm using is from um, Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Highly recommended uh, to you, especially for you young men, but the principles would be true all the way through. Disciplines for um, a godly man. Kent Hughes, Disciplines of Grace by um, Jerry Bridges. So those would be three um, of the resources that I have used to a great deal. Um, As soon as I walked out of here the other day, remember when I said, um, talking about spiritual disciplines, make your bed and how that became in New York? Well, I found the book. I have it. So there it is. I didn't throw it away. So it's it's really great. And um, uh, I mean, mean, it's not power-packed with spiritual truth, you understand, but but the whole idea of how important it is for spiritual disciplines and why in the military um, they uh, mandate... um, getting up first thing in the morning and making your bed and making it perfect. And uh, I like one of the things he said, if at the end of the day everything went wrong all day long, nothing went right. You ever had a day like that where nothing went right? If when the, you got up in the morning and you made your bed and you made it perfect, when, when you go to crash into your bed at night, at least you're, going, you're laying into a nice crisp bed that was made and you can remind yourself, I got one thing done today. And uh, so the value of spiritual disciplines, look, if you would, in your Bibles this evening, First Timothy chapter one. First Timothy chapter one. If I uh, start going low, please let me know. I'll turn these down. That will help me a little bit. I don't actually know how loud I'm talking, so just give me the thumbs up if I need to keep pushing it, and uh, I'm not speaking loud enough, especially in the back. Um. We're going to focus almost fully the whole time on disciplines, and I hit it over and over again. And if you were here last week, you know it's something I'm passionate about. And, and, and yet I don't want us to ever lose track of the standpoint that it has to be empowered by the Spirit and it has to be unto something. If, if, the, if the whole reason for the spiritual discipline is, uh, is, is for me, if the whole focus is me, all it will do is build you up in pride. And, and you'll take a great fall. And so uh, the, the passage that we've anchored on, um, I, I think, really sets that well for us. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 6. Paul speaking to Timothy about being a good servant or a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We talked about how the fact that we're in a war against the, our own flesh, uh, the world system that's set against us, and of course... Um, the devil and all the evil that surrounds us uh, continuously. And so Paul's given some instruction here. If you instruct a brethren in these things, you will be a good minister or a good servant of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you shall have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fails, fables, uh, so he's saying you you have to focus your life on the on the doctrine on the, on the words that you've been taught, and you need to shun fables. You, you need to shun traditions. All, all this, anything that's not objective truth from the Word of God, you need to shun that because the other is going to be continually contaminating your thinking. And of course, we see that Pastor Farrell made that um, point this morning of how. Um, Every area of uh, astrology and all the rest of that stuff, it's just, it's skyrocketing, dreams and visions, and it's, it's, it's absolutely uh, nutso. And we have to keep bringing ourselves back to objective truth. And so um, Timothy is being instructed in this. So they had that problem. They didn't have the Internet back then. Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. So they didn't have that difficulty. That was a joke. You can laugh. That was supposed to be funny, unless you're an Al Gore fan, of course. And uh, But he's saying you reject all of that. And what do you do? Middle of verse 7, and we exercise or we discipline, we agonize, we work 
we we are doing everything we can in this pursuit towards what godliness you might pull the word out if you wanted to godliness insert the word holiness our pursuit our pursuit towards Christ likeness which is which is holiness look what it says for bodily exercise profiteth a little but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that is now and the life which is come. So just like we'll exercise for keeping our bodies in shape, and there's nothing wrong with that, comparatively speaking, that is a waste of time compared to what we put into spiritual disciplines that help us grow in the grace and the knowledge and the truth of Christ and become like Christ. And we, we labored all the way through that for those of you that aren't here in the first part of the handout and, and in others um, that that need for our own lives. One of the reasons that we need to take in the scriptures is, is because just honestly, we do not know God like we need to know him. And we don't know ourselves um, like, like we need to know ourselves. And as we, as we dive into the scriptures, you know, that's all revealed to us. And the more that's revealed to us, the more we realize how unholy we are the more we realize how holy he is and then the more we realize the need and then that motivates us in the in the area of a discipline R.C. Sproul a number of years ago and I think he's probably done this many times did what I think was just an absolutely powerful um, illustration and um, he took and he called his grandson um, up on the stage, I don't have a grandson here, or I would call my grandson up. Do I have a volunteer? You don't, this is a non-speaking part. I just want to, I want to do the illustration for you. Maybe many of you have already seen. Do I have somebody who would be willing to come up here? I'm going, I'm going to see if I can get three people. It'll only take about three minutes. Anybody at all? You know, all you got to do is stand. Nobody, not even one person. All right. Well, then I, I guess that won't work. <laughs> That means I got to do another artist, an artist rendition again. So what he did is he he put um, a person up here, and and he it was his grandson, and he said, "My grandson is gonna represent Jesus Christ." And so he put his grandson up on the stage, and then he took. How many have seen this? Have you seen RC do that? He he took his another volunteer and he put his other volunteer on the other end of the stage and wait a second this is the Lord okay this guy here is Hitler okay and he puts him on the stage, and then he calls a, a third person up. And, and the third person is going to represent the Apostle Paul. And, and he says, a, a, apart from Scripture, just saturating our mind over and over and over again, where do we put the Apostle Paul? And, and clearly, most people would think, well, I know where I put Paul. I mean... Paul isn't Jesus, but there's nobody this side of the cross that's more like Christ than the Apostle Paul. How many people feel that way when you think about Paul? You think, if I could ever be like Paul. And so most people would put Paul over here, a little Jesus. And then what R.C. does is he makes the point. Paul didn't see himself that way. What did Paul call himself? The chief of sinners, and, and if you and if you look at Paul's life, the more he walks with the Lord, the more he sees himself as a chief of sinners and unworthy. I, I count everything that I've ever done as dumb. And there's only one thing that matters, and that's to know Him and the power of His resurrection. He said, actually, Paul knew, and Paul represents us. That no, we're not like Christ at all. In fact, we are a lot more like Hitler than we are Jesus Christ. The gap between us and holiness is far greater than the gap between us and Adolf Hitler. Now, doesn't that strike you? Doesn't that really just hit you 
But but that's what the scriptures unfold for us. That's that's what we see. And when we see that, we we cry out for mercy and grace, don't we? We we all of a sudden look and say, hey, this is the only thing that's going to conform me to the image of Christ. I desperately need it, and and, and it's going to help me. That's going to motivate me to 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 dive in. And so that's what we're looking at um, here this week and we've gone all the way through your handout up to about page four and we're going to come in here to the it says it at in about the middle of the page practical helps in developing spiritual disciplines of bible intake so that's where we are and, and we looked at a broad panorama of all the different ways that we might take the bible into our life we looked at them quickly because most of you in here, in one way or fashion, understand all of that. In fact, I really believe this. If I could interview every single one of you individually, when I got through with the interview, we would both agree this. Nothing the entire five weeks that I'm going to spend to you don't you already know you need. So my course isn't to teach you something new. My course is to take and bring God's word to bear on your life that you start doing what you already know you need. And, and, and that certainly is the is the truth here. Bible in today, right? Sunday school answer. How often do I need to read my Bible? Yeah, you know the B I B L E. That's the book for me. I, I, we we know these things, but it has to move from our head to our heart, and it has to and it has to move into the practical application of our life. So what I want to talk through for at least part of the evening is just practically. So okay, so how are you going to have a time alone with the Lord? How is it going to be profitable? How, how am I going to build that spiritual discipline into my life? And and you would have a way. This isn't prescriptive. What I'm going to give you here isn't prescriptive. That what's prescriptive is that you meditate day and night. That you renew your mind. All the things we already looked at. We looked at what's prescriptive. This is now just practical. How how do I do it in a in a fashion in a way that I might be able to describe to you? Uh, through the years and so uh, you know I put down there the the proper priority when how how much how, you know how often if I were to write it another thing up here I would write the word maybe I should take Hitler off the board huh? so he doesn't distract you I'll, I'll leave Paul and Jesus there that's very good for you to think about I'm going to write the word time And I'm going to write the word process. Because they're key in this. You know, the, the discipline of taking in God's word takes time. And if you're to take the time and you add it to the process, hopefully you're going to you're going to get a fruit that remains. And so we have to talk about those two things. And so um, the, the, it's very, very important. And one of the reasons that I'm going through this is because I want you to see something. Another, number one is, if you're not going to put the time in it, it won't work. So we, just, we have to start right there. There has to be the time. You can't prepare to be a marathon runner and run five minutes a day. I, I mean, you can't. There is no... Have you ever seen the things on the, uh, you know, that, that that pop up, particularly at the at the beginning of the year, when everybody is is trying to get in shape? At the end of the year, everybody's going to make a new commitment to get in shape for the New Year's Eve commitment. And so the the ones that they try to sell you is that you can do this three minutes a day and you'll get in shape. You know, they they have all these ways. You, as soon as you hear that, I hope you know that's baloney. Like baloney, that's a lie. You can't get in shape in three minutes a day. How many people know you can't get in shape in three minutes a day? You can't get godly in three minutes a day. Do you, do you, do you see what I'm getting at? It doesn't work. You, you can't expect it to work. So, so time is important in its quality and in its amount. There has to be both. So you might say, well, I spend this much time, but... How are you spending the time? Is there quality in the time? Which then would bring us over to process. 
And I just want to say there's a, there's a lot of people that might spend a good deal of time, but the process was flawed. How many people have heard this expression before? Practice makes perfect. Have you heard that? How many people have heard that? Do you know that's wrong? That's complete baloney. This is the only thing that's perfect. And if you practice something wrong, how many of you are golfers? Or uh, there's an archer back there. Uh, I, I don't care what, what the discipline is. If you don't have the right technique and you practice the wrong technique over and over and over again, you will slice the ball for the rest of your life. You will miss the target for the rest of your life. Because practice doesn't make purpose perfect, it makes permanent. It takes something that instills it in your life. And you can take a lot of time and have the wrong process and instill in your life not rightly dividing the Word of God. Actually dividing it completely wrong having it completely messed up. You could pray and not pray biblically. Uh, you, you could spend all that time and the process is flawed and all you're doing is taking time with a flawed process and you're making it permanently, but you're not growing in the grace and the knowledge and the truth of Christ. And so, you have to have both. So obviously, this is just five weeks. I can't cover, I can't sit down with you and take you all the way through. So how, how do you open up the scriptures. How do you study them? So I'm going to hit the pieces, the main pieces, and make sure that we know how. There has to be time. So, you've got to decide when in priority. I personally, um, years and years and years ago, I I, I could go back and show you in my journal. Um, I believe it was in um, 1982. I decided to commit an hour alone to the Lord every day. I didn't decide just to commit any hour alone to the Lord. I decided to commit the first hour of the day. Now, that's not prescriptive. That doesn't make me more spiritual than anybody else in here. It's a discipline I wanted to build into my life. The thought came to me from Mark chapter 14. And in Mark chapter 14, you might be familiar with it, it's the Garden of Gethsemane. And um, Peter, James, and John is there. And uh, the others, but those three are with Jesus. And Jesus goes off a bit. And he, and he prays. And when, he, when he, he's praying, it's so intense. His time with the Lord and the burden is so heavy, he's sweating great drops of blood. You, you're familiar with the passage, yes? And... Oh, how he could just use some encouragement from his friends that they're laboring with him. So he goes back to his friends. What does he find his friends doing? Sleeping. And this happens three times, and three times he says to them, Could you not watch and pray with me? Do you know how long he says? One hour. Not prescriptive. Not prescriptive. But he, but he says that. Why doesn't he say, Why don't you pray with me? Couldn't you watch and pray for 15 minutes? Why couldn't you watch and pray for four hours? I don't know the answer to that. The scripture doesn't tell us. I don't need to know the answer. I just want to tell you that as I thought about that, Christ says to Peter, and had said to Peter, that Satan's going to sift you, but I'm prayed for you. And, and we see over and over again that, that Jesus spent time alone with the Lord. And here he is asking the disciples, couldn't you even watch and pray for an hour? And again, I don't think that's prescriptive. But it was from that I began thinking, how long do I spend with the Lord? And it was in that time that I decided that I needed to make time a priority in my life. And so I did make time. And perhaps like you, I had a busy schedule. You know, I'm merely 72 and nothing has changed. I kept thinking, you know, when the kids grow up, it won't be as busy. Well, (laughs) when the grandkids grow up, it won't be as busy. Ask Judy how busy I am. And, and you know what? That's a blessing. I want to be busy right until Jesus calls me home. If you have the health and the opportunity to be busy till, till then, isn't that a wonderful thing? But my point is is that I would get busy intending to do my work, my, my time with the Lord during the lunch hour or intending to do my time before I went to bed at night. I always had lots of good intentions. I'd made the commitment I need to give an hour, but the hour seemed like something else always got in the way 
Maybe you've had that. Maybe your time wasn't an hour. Maybe it was 15 minutes, but something else got in the way. And so you go back and you, you analyze and you look at your heart and you go before the Lord. And you know, what's, what's wrong? Well, I think I had the time right. Because I've stuck with that time all these years. But I didn't have the order right. And once I put both order and time together and I looked and I said, I commit myself to the first. I'm going to give you the first part. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When I decided to make that first, before anything else and just say I'm just not going to let there be an exception now have there been exceptions a few I'm a man I'm frail I get a, a phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning have to head down to the hospital um, I don't stop and give an hour with the Lord first <laughs> you know so I, I'm not going to tell you that there aren't exceptions I, I've been sick or frail like you have but as the Lord is my witness, there have been very few exceptions in all those years. And I set my alarm, depending on what time I have to be someplace, to fulfill whatever responsibility in that season of life the Lord gave me. And I set that alarm so that I have enough time to spend an hour alone with the Lord before I have to be there. Now, I've had to be places even now on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays, I do Grace and Grant. So I'm here. What time is Grace and Granite, guys? Six. How many of you are in Grace and Granite? Hey, you like being there at six o'clock? Would you rather Grace and Granite was like at nine? Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Grace and Granite at six. You ask Judy. I hate doing this because this is what it feels like to me. It feels like I'm patting my back so over and over again. I'm, no, I'm not any better than you. I'm trying to be as practical as I can. My alarm goes off at 4.30. And I get up at 4.30 so that I can get an hour to God before I go to Grace and Grant. Because that's been the pattern in my life. Whatever it takes to give him the first part, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you that every, every bit of it has always been rich, that it's always been productive. I'm as, I'm as human and as frail as everybody, but I'm talking about a commitment. You can't have a discipline until you make a commitment. And I'm telling you the first commitment you need to make is the time, both in its um, importance and in its amount. And so you have to decide that. Um, but that's, that's what I'm saying here, and I've made a case in the handout for um, first thing in the morning. Again, none of this is prescriptive, so I'm not going to go all the way through that. But um, it, it's an essential part. And so some people have been very, very effective at doing their time alone with the Lord in the evening before they go to bed. I'm not. I'm worth nothing after nine o'clock at night. So that just wouldn't wouldn't work for me. Maybe it does for you. The important thing is not when, but that you're doing it. But I think you have to keep in mind it's it's priority. It has to be that high of a priority. I had somebody struggling with this years ago, so I just said, don't struggle with it. If you're being successful at night, that's fine. Go back to Genesis, and in Genesis one, it seems to me that God said. At the evening and the morning of the first day, God. So apparently for God and for, of course, the, the, the Jews later, the day begins in the evening. So if you want to do your devotions in the evening when the day begins, do them in the evening. That's fine, but just make sure you don't let the other distractions get out of your life. And you have to make that um, a priority. And, so, and then you have to decide how much. And so I can't tell you how much... But you'll see as we go through this, I, I just don't know how you can rightly divide the word and do the things that need to be done in much less than an hour. I'm just going to be candid with you. You, you, you can't. I don't see how you could do it in 15 minutes. Now, maybe you can't do it all in one hour at one time. Maybe you have to break it up. You have to do a half hour in the morning or a half hour at night. But I'm telling you, you're going to have to put the time in. And so the proper place. Number two, view it as a place where you're going to go build a relationship. This isn't this isn't a procedure. It's not. Uh, there, there's a technical aspect to it. There's a there's an informational aspect. There's a 
an analytical aspect, but it's first and foremost a relationship. You're building a relationship with God. This is his word. If you're born again, you have the spirit of God in you, and he takes that word, and he is going to conform you to the image of Christ. So keep in mind you're building a relationship. And if you're trying to build a relationship with somebody right now or you have somebody that is special to you and, and, and you love them, I don't care if that's a... You know, if that's a husband-wife relationship, a dating relationship, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. I mean, it's somebody you just, you, when you love to be with somebody, that's not a struggle for you, right? The struggle is to leave when you're supposed to leave. And, and that's, that's the way that ought to develop with the Lord. You want to spend time. You want to spend time with him. And, and you need to have a private place, uh, free from distractions. So I've met with people who are struggling in this area and then I found out that their private place was Starbucks I'm not against Starbucks matter of fact if you want to buy me Verona Starbucks coffee you can do that anytime you want to I'll take all of it you want to give me um, but it's so distracting at a at a coffee shop I just use Starbucks I could use the Muse or, or, or whatever it is um, if you can do that and you don't lose um, focus, then that's great. But I'm, I'm telling you, you have to find um, a place where you're not distracted because it's you and the Lord. You have to eliminate those distractors. I think practically it has to be easily accessible. In other words, as hard enough as it is to make a commitment to this time, now you don't want to make it twice as hard because wherever it is you have to go. Um, I remember one one person one time was struggling with this because he 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 wrongly instructed his conscience and you know he had, he heard a sermon one time and in this sermon this this guy went out in the woods and he knelt down over a stump and you know he he prayed for an hour so he he felt like he needed to walk out of the woods find a stump and pray for an hour of course it took him so long to do that and find the stump and to pray and everything everything else he'd get all distracted on the way uh, it I know that sounds silly, but if we're not careful, we're all doing the same thing. Where are you going to go? You have to have the place. You have to know. You have to. You don't want to think. I'm, I'm going to go right to that place, and then you want to have that place um, designed so that it's it's there fit for what you're going to do, and that's meet with the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, so I don't come down here. Other pastors, that's what they do. They go to their office. I don't come here. Last thing I want to do is I come here. I walk through the door here, and it's all like, I mean, it's, it's 100% distraction. It's, I, you know the thing? It's the pastor's study. Huh. It's not the pastor's study. It's, the, it's a war zone here. We do battle every day. Um, and, and so I can't do it here. I've never done it here. I have, I have to go find someplace else where I can be alone and where I have everything that I need to spend the time with my heavenly Father who adopted me into his family, all of that was possible because he sent his son to shed his perfect blood in my behalf, draw me to himself. How can, how can I not want to spend time and pursue him and, and, and love him? So where's your place? Three, the proper parchments or the tools for the task. So I, I can't say, I'm sure there are wrong things, but I and myself... I would include, a, obviously, a Bible, a journal of some kind, um, memory cards, commentaries, a songbook. I put down here a calendar and, and a blank to-do list. We'll talk more about this when we get to prayer, but um, you'll find that if you try to pray or you try to meditate, that your mind will think of all sorts of things. And that's why I have that list. It's no problem with me. So, yeah, you know, I'm trying to meditate on a, on a truth and pray that back to God, and I'm thinking, I, I need to let Christy know to do, to do this uh, when I get to the office. Uh, I, I don't let that bother me. I grab that list and say, have Christy do whatever. And then I put it aside, and it's gone. I'm right, I'm right back to meditating again. So I actually use the list to keep me from getting distracted and train yourself if that thought comes, that sort of, taking control of that thought okay i'm going to take that thought i'm going to put it right over here in this list i can forget it now i won't forget it because when i go i'm going to grab that list as i i head to the office so um a good study bible is very very helpful i've had um a macarthur study bible since the day they came out 
um, the ESV study Bible is a, is a very um, good one, but they're, they're, they're very helpful. Um, and so I have several, several there. Um, a couple of years ago, I bought the uh, Spurgeon um, study Bible just for, um, you know, something different. Get a, a look at um, Spurgeon's notes. Uh, again, very, very helpful. And um, so the next page, you have accessible to you all the computer software and programs and the different translations at your fingertips. Uh, that's wonderful. Um, I'm going to encourage you to have a hard copy of some kind to get used to it, get to know where it is. I have several of them, uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, I, I just, I, I know it's, it's right. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. It's on that page. You know, there's something about that. And they're finding even in the whole education process that digitally you don't retain what you do when you're doing hard copy and then write it out by hand. Same thing. When you type in, it's not the same thing as writing it by hand. That's why I would recommend um, a, a journal for you. And so uh, all of those things you would want, and you'd want to have them available so they're there, and you're going to go back to them all the time each day. Uh, the proper preparation, you know, for your time. Uh, have a set time. Get into a routine the best that you can, whatever you decide. You know, Maybe for you what you have to do is you have to get into the routine, and it's a shorter routine, but I'm going to get into the routine, and once I've built a routine, then I can lengthen the time. But a routine will help you in every discipline. I don't care what the discipline is, a routine. That's when I do it. Um, and, and so you, uh, you, you work at that. Um, get enough sleep. I know this is going to sound crazy to you, but you asked my wife. I think I probably drive her a little bit crazy on this through the years. I'm very seldom focused on what time I have to get up. I almost always focus on what time I have to go to bed because I know how much sleep I need. And so most of us don't have to do stuff right up until we go off to sleep. Most of us here, if you had discretionary time it's between when you decide you're going to go to go to bed now i'm sure there's some exceptions but i'm just saying generally speaking and it's it's amazing how much of that time we just burn up on the internet or we burn up reading uh, a book or just just texting or whatever yes tv you know good TV program. We've got to see the 11 o'clock news. That's a fright. Um, <clears throat> that would give you nightmares for sure. And, and so, you know, for, for me, my regular schedule, so I'm just, I'm going to tell you, my regular schedule is I want to be snoring. My wife being jealous of my snoring and wishing that she was as sound asleep as I was at 11 o'clock. And I am going to get up, I mean, no later than 5. If, if I sleep to like 6.30, I feel like a sloth, okay? So um, I'm going to be up by 5, maybe earlier than that. Matter of fact, most days I'm going to be up earlier than that. Um, but that's a routine. And so I don't even need an alarm clock. I set the alarm clock. I don't even need an alarm clock because my, I'm thinking, okay, it's 9 o'clock at night. What do I have left to do? Because at 11, I'm going to be in bed. You need to think that way. You develop that way. That will help you with your devotion time. If you're going to do your devotions in the morning, because you'll have enough sleep, you know when you have to go to bed. And um, you, you get into that, that routine. I usually review yesterday's walk with the Lord. I keep a journal. And so, you know, you're a little bit foggy. I grab my, my cup of coffee. I grab my journal. I... Um, I review yesterday, maybe I make a few notes about yesterday that I haven't already made, and then I, I put the new date at the top of the next page, and I, I begin my, my new day and my new walk with the Lord. You want to have a systematic approach to your study of Scripture. I don't care what it is. I do care what it is, but my point is is that here's what you don't want to do, is wake up in the morning and go, oh, I wonder what I'll read today. And so... Uh, there's there's so many approaches. If you have a real struggle with that, I'd be happy to sit down and talk with you. Or there's many many other people that could. But um, you know, 
reading through, have a plan. I put a plan back there, the discipleship plan that you could you could grab and it'll help you and you keep track. You know, um, I I will two or three times a year read through the Psalms and the Proverbs of the day. You're all familiar with that, the Psalms and the Proverbs, that that system, right? Day one, you read Psalm one, and then every fifth Psalm. It'll take you all the way through Psalms um, once a month, and then the same thing with Proverbs. And I'll, I'll read through Psalms and Proverbs two to four times a year. Um, uh, it's, it's just, I find it very, very helpful uh, for my soul. Um, you, can, you can take a topic and you can, you can study it systematically, a doctrine. Uh, all of your study Bibles would have in the back, if you go to the back, you know the, the pages that we never look at? And, and they're all designed to help you with this study. They'll have doctrine, and the, you know, the doctrine of God, the, the doctrine of salvation, doctrine of the spirit and, and they'll they'll have um, a whole outline there that you could actually go through and study almost every study of bible i know has that and uh, so you can be systematic and wherever you leave today you pick up the next day and then you, you make notes about about what you're learning um, and so I, i've given you some suggestions i do think that it would be tough um someplace in my lineage I thought to myself wow the word was made flesh and dwelt among us we beheld his glory as of the only glory of the father full of grace and truth I'm going to see the word by his grace in person can you imagine how embarrassing it would be to meet a famous author you know I, I don't know who your favorite secular author is but whoever your favorite author is Stephen King and you you, you met Stephen King and uh, and you had a, a book because you knew he was doing a book signing at Barnes and Noble so you quick you bought a Stephen King book and you went up there and you asked him to sign it and Stephen King looked at you and said hey did you like my book and you had to look at him and say, well, I read the jacket cover. You read the jacket cover. I'm Stephen King. You mean, you, you haven't read my book? I mean, I think you know where I'm going with this, right? Can you, can you imagine facing the Lord and you haven't read his book? I mean, from beginning to end, you haven't read it? You're going to face him? You haven't read it? He, the people have burned at the stake that you would have the word... From a human standpoint here, the Spirit has preserved it, and you haven't read it. And, and so it would just seem that that came to me, that I, I really want to make sure that I've read the whole thing. And then as I've done that through the years, and I don't think it has to be done in a year. You could do it in three years. first time I, I, I worked my way through the Bible it took me three years. It's not the time. It's, it's, it's the heart. Okay? And so um, I would encourage you at some point to do that. I've think I've read through the Bible 25 or 30 times, okay, because I'm going to sit with the author one day, but secondly, it gives you the panoramic picture of the flow of redemption. It gives you the idea of everything that God has done, and if you don't have that, you don't understand where the parts fit in, where the different parts fit in, how they all fit together if you don't have the big picture. So I would encourage you, especially if so many younger ones here, sometime before you get too old, read it all the way through. Don't When you're reading it all the way through, you don't have to understand everything. Just read it to get the flow. Read it to get the flow. Read it to get the overview. That's that's what you're reading it for. That's different than, than studying to rightly divide it. So I would encourage you to do that. And then you need to do, obviously, like I've said, some deeper study. I have some suggestions down there for you that you can look at. So learn to study it expositionally or inductively uh, I trust that you know how to do that who why what where and when you know the context is king what's the context that's why your study Bibles are so helpful this is really corny but on the very back I gave you one of these Bible study guides it needs to be updated this is when I made this thing there wasn't any such thing as uh, you know I, I think it was originally done on a, on a typewriter and then I keep trying to pull it over but I got a, a Bible study guide and um, if you just look at it there it, it, it would help you so you take your passage of scripture 
you don't have to use this form, but I just want you to see the idea. What, what are you doing when you take a, a section of Scripture? You're, almost every Bible that you have will be broken up into a section of Scripture. It's, it's looked at it and, it, and it says, like what I just read to you um, this evening, it's broken up into the verses 6 through 11. So you take a section like that, a section of Scripture, and you see how it fits into the whole. And you could ask these questions. Um, what has God said about this passage? Summarize it in your own words. What, what is the theme of the passage? What, what's, what's going on here uh, with the passage? Um, who did God say it to? Why did he say it? What was its purpose? Uh, you're asking yourself all these questions. Uh, what did it, not only, it's not just important what did God say, it's important to, to understand from the context what did God mean by what he said. His meaning never changes. Understand that what God said and what he meant by said by what he said is fixed in time. It's called the authorial, authorial intent of Scripture. We must understand that before we can make applications. And so that takes a little bit of work, and that's what I'm getting at. You can't do that in 10 minutes. Or how are you going to rightly divide it? How are you going to know what it means? And so you, you ask yourself all of these various questions, maybe study a, a commentary, study Bible, then you begin to write down, so what's, what's the interpretation? What does this mean? And then I can look and say, so in this, is there a command to obey? Is there a promise I need to trust? Is there a principle I can apply? You, you, you see all of that there. But that might help you and give you an idea. Uh, I'm sure we, we have many people. I could put you with somebody who could help you and sit down with you and, and teach you how to study uh, your Bible so that up on the board we have time but not only do we have time, we have the correct process. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that time and I'm, I'm understanding the process correctly so I'm taking in the word the way it was intended to be taken in. Okay, let's take a deep breath. So, I've covered a lot. Questions. If I said anything that wasn't clear, you didn't understand, do you want me to amplify Yes. Um, in your hour, how much of that is prayer, or do you have another? I would I would say that um, I, when I'm talking about my hour, that includes prayer. So that would be everything. So yes, prayer prayer is within within that time. Um, we'll talk more about that later. That's not the only time I pray. Paul commanded us to pray without ceasing. Okay. So uh, what exactly does that mean? We'll look at that. You know, a, a little bit later um, but yes when I'm talking about that hour that would be that that hour that I'm beginning in the morning and in that time I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible I'm meditating I'm doing all of those things that we that, that are the essential disciplines to have a relationship with God and if I were to get to know you better um, you'll have to forgive me you've probably told me but I don't even remember your name what's your name? it's Priscilla Priscilla, okay, Priscilla, I'm Larry, all right? So now we know each other's name, but that doesn't mean we know each other, does it? We've got to sit down, and we have to have a few conversations, maybe many, before we really get to know each other. And that's going to take time. And in doing that, there has to be a back and a forth. Well, in our time of the Lord, this is God speaking to us through his word, and prayer is us speaking back to him and because my daddy brought me up as a gentleman there's a certain way that I would speak to you because you're a lady you're a young lady I would speak to you in a certain way and to speak to you in a different way would be improper it would be wrong do you know that there's ways to speak to God that's improper and is wrong God tells us in his word how to speak to him, how to pray. And so all of that is part of the process that I, that I need to learn um, as I dig into the word. And so I, I have here, I usually pray and ask God to open my eyes before I start. It's his spirit that gives me understanding. If, if God doesn't reveal himself to me, this is going to be ink and paper. 
So I, I ask him to reveal himself to me, show me, and then I, I often meditate on a truth and uh, write it, write it down and pray it back to him. So almost every single thing that you would, most of what is in Scripture, you could you could turn into a prayer. Um, you know, I'm, take that a little bit loosely. You know. He took and cut off Goliath's head. Um, well, you know that that would be tough to turn into a prayer. Um, but 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 you get what I'm I'm getting at. And and of course, what I just said, we, we laughed at that. But isn't that important? We have to understand the difference between what's prescriptive and what's a narrative. Okay, a, a narrative isn't normal. A, a narrative isn't something that's prescriptive. A narrative is a story, and from a story, I have to understand the intent of the story, the redemption flow in the story. What did it teach me about God? What did it teach me about man? What does it teach me about redemption? And from that narrative, that story, I can take and find some principles. I can find some examples, but in that narrative, I'm not going to find a "Thus saith the Lord" because it's a narrative. It's a story. It's not. It's not a commandment. It's not prescriptive. So all of that is important uh, in our in our study. Thank you. Good question. Yes, ma'am. You sounding really. Uh, you you got that. Yes, excellent question. I have a plan that I try to keep up. Um, that is my reading. Reading is different than studying. Okay, and I, I do that at different seasons. So I'm going. You're all going to be jealous. Okay, tomorrow morning, Lord willing, I'm grabbing my bride, and I'm heading for Williamsburg for five days, four nights, five days, and in that five days, because when we come back, we're going to have family gathering. I don't have to prepare for here. And I already have prepared what I'm going to teach that Sunday. I already know. I've been working on it. So I don't have to do preparation while I'm on vacation for a pastor. That's pretty important that you're planning and you're thinking that all out. So during that time, I will spend a lot more time doing my Bible reading, more of a relaxed reading. And so I'll read likely many chapters in that time. Um, there's other times when I have to actually put that aside because I'm speaking. Last week I had three sessions here. I had Sunday morning and I had Grace and Granite. Well, with every single time you do this, you know it's it's not even a one for one. So you have all that prep, but then you have counseling, and and I have all the prep for that counseling too. So that dictates a great deal. Of course, I have more than an hour, but that's on my mind, and so um, I don't disassociate my my morning from my life because my morning is part of my life. But being aware of what I'm going to face or what I'm likely going to face, Proverbs sixteen nine says, "We make plans. We're supposed to make plans, but God directs our steps." And so I, I plan, and if God changes things, He does. And then that plan has to do with what I'm going to read, and so. If I'm trying to get a, a hold of, uh, I, I preached to some extent um, Matthew 13, a portion of Manu, Manu, Matthew 13 um, about the mustard seed. Okay, so that was a very short reading. It's like four verses, but I'm, I'm diving into the commentaries and all the other studies to make sure I understand that. And so that particular preparation when I was doing that. I'm reading four verses of scripture and I'm trying to mine it as deep and deep as I can. Look at the words. What do the words mean? What do the original language mean? Okay, so some uh, it's it's not always the same. I realize you're not a pastor. Okay, and so my my uh, you're not a pastor, are you? Okay, good. Um and, and so uh, you know, I don't I don't guess everybody would have to do that. You could get in get into a routine and read three chapters a day or two chapters a day or one chapter a day. Like when I'm when, when I'm doing the, the Proverbs and the Psalms, I'm reading five psalm, or five Psalms and one Proverbs. And so it really isn't always the same. It's, it's, the time gives me the time to make sure it's quality. 
and, and to be perfectly candid with you in the morning because I get up so early, I usually don't spend an hour alone with the Lord. I usually spend like three or three and a half hours alone with the Lord. So, um, but that's because of the role that I have here as one of the elders. But when I wasn't doing that, I didn't always do that. I've only been here 34 short years. Um, before that, I was doing the um, I, I was doing the hour alone with the Lord, and then I would do you know much more reading through the Bible or whatever. So I don't know that I answered your question, but I did it the best That's I good. could. I just always feel torn between like, am I like studying more or am I just reading more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would take and spend a little bit of time to just reading, or, or here's what I what I actually recommend. Okay, maybe if you have a Bible next to your your bed or, or, or your you know out in your living room or whatever you're doing, you, your reading doesn't have to be focused. Don't think about your reading as like you can't have any other distractions. You, 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 reading is more relaxed. You, you're still going to take in what you read. Study can't be. Study has to be focused like a laser. Okay, so, so give that focus like a laser time, but then you can find other times when you just read. You know, you're sitting out there and you're, you're reading and getting used to do that. I mean, you wouldn't think anything about picking up a magazine or reading what somebody said on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Well, don't think anything about opening up the Word of God and looking in and saying, and, and getting into a habit of often looking at the Word, often looking at the Word. I lo- that's why I like my journal. I, I take literally every day so you know that would be typically you can see it's just full it's just full but this is every single day it's several pages and a lot of it is written scripture scriptures written out now there's other things little checklists where I keep what I'm doing but I'm, but I'm writing scripture over and over and over again because then that that helps me. So I, I'm carrying a journal with me. And I, I have 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, I mean, like I don't part with this baby. It's you know, and so you open it up and you read again what you read this morning. Um, I got three by five cards everywhere. It's really it's really crazy. And some of my three by five cards back in my younger years, I um, did a lot more exercise than I do today. That's probably pretty evident to you. And when you exercise, you sweat. And I'd hold the cards in my hand so the cards are even worn from all of the sweat. And I think it's sort of neat, so I, I keep them. But but just carrying a card in your pocket, in your in your purse with you, that's going to be something you're going to meditate on day and night that you're memorizing. And, and you feel distracted. You feel the tension coming. You feel the pressure. You feel the anger. You feel the draw to the flesh. And you know that you have in your pocket. There is no temptation that's taking you, but is common to man. But God is faithful. And and you, I remember that. And you pull that out. And, and you, you look and you say, yes, God is faithful. And he will give you a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. And because in your private time you've practiced that over and over again, you then turn that into a prayer and say, oh, God. I'm feeling the temptation. Show me the way of escape and give me the desire in my heart to take the way when you show it to me. And you and you pray that. That's meditating day and night. That's that's what you're doing with a scripture. So however you would do that, I guess you could do that on your on your cell phone. I I don't know. I don't do it on my cell phone. It wouldn't work for me, but maybe it would for you. But so that you can do deeply and you try to take it with you. You want to be consumed with scripture so that it just flows out of you if I were to come up and squeeze you like a lemon the juice of scripture would come out that's that's what we're looking for that's that's the goal so the proper perspective um, will be very helpful why am I doing this I'm doing this as unto godliness right but there's a second reason I'm doing this I'm not doing this just unto godly. This was life transforming for me. Life transforming. Try to take out of your time with the Lord one simple nugget. I've always been a man who's tried to keep the cookies on the bottom shelf 
because I can't reach the top shelf myself. Take a nugget of the truth like I just showed you. Everybody's tempted. God doesn't want us to fail in the temptation. For every temptation, there is a way of escape. God has promised to show it to you. And he does it because he wants you to endure that temptation. Being tested and tried, you come forth as gold, that you, you, you have a greater assurance that your faith is real and that your God is real. So you take that nugget with you. And when you leave your devotion time, you simply say to the Lord, show me somebody today that needs that truth. I was working at a power plant, a nuclear power plant, and I started doing that. And it was dumbfounding to me. I couldn't believe it. So I'd have this nugget. I'd think, well, this 3,000 people here, probably six are saved. I happen to be one of them. Who's going who's gonna to ask me anything? I'm telling you, day after day after day, somebody would walk up to me and say, uh, they, they'd tell me a problem. They, they, they'd say something. They were struggling with something. And it would be like, it's the nugget. And I'd be able to say, well, it's amazing. But actually this morning, let me tell you what the Lord showed me. And I, I, I would just share that with them. And then the next day, and the next, and, and pretty soon you're doing that, right? Well, you know, this book is perfect, and this word is perfect. It's totally sufficient. If you put this into practice, guess what? It works. And so, you know, you you say that to somebody, it's life transforming, and and they try it, and the next time they have a problem, they come looking for you, and the next time they, and pretty soon you got everybody looking to you, and, and you have a tremendous ministry. That's evangelism. That's how evangelism works. So we, we leave with a nugget that we're looking, not to force to share, but we look and see that God opened the door. That's what Paul prayed in Colossians 4. He prayed, pray that, I'll, that there'll be a door of utterance open to me, and then pray I'll have the boldness to share uh, the gospel. And so that's the perspective that we're looking at. I just want you to look at that last page where it says an overview of how to be absorbed daily in Scripture. I have another whole handout here for the next section that I was hoping we would get to today. Let's see, how long do I have? I'm already over. That's fine. I have enough time for just this. Look at this. In your time alone with the Lord. So we haven't talked about prayer, but here's here's you know trying to take the whole thing and boil it down into a nutshell so you're going to you're going to pray you're going to reflect on your walk i mean uh, you've you've looked at the word you're doing this every day you're renewing your mind how are you doing in your walk judge yourself we're to take the word and we're to judge ourselves reflect back on the last day preview preview the the passage that you've selected because you you have a system that you've designed and you know when you get up what you're going to do you're not searching and then read it slowly observe interpret apply i suggest an index card or whatever a verse a song you know something that you're going to take with you pray and then look to share and if you'll do that that will be helpful some corny things i put there on the mac um, hearing reading studying memorizing you have that list I put in there uh, John Piper excellent on um, why you should medit- why you should memorize, memorize scripture um, I think this is a great game I think maybe I said this before but uh, I, I love to do it to myself it really is helpful if you're stressed and you, you can't go to sleep or you're just stressed and you're feeling the old panic attack come on, just start quoting scripture and see how long you can go quoting scripture. How many will come to your mind? How many do you have? It would just be awesome to shut that door, forget the clock, and let's just, we only have to go in any order, let's just start quoting scripture. Let's not worry about whether we get it perfect or not right now, but let's just see what's inside of us. How long could we go as a group of people quoting scripture? If we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our mind, I would think we should shut that door and we could go ahead and we could quote scripture now. I mean, there's 35 of us in here. We ought to be able to quote enough scripture for four or five hours before we would get through because we are so saturated with the word it would just come out I hope you'd have a big share of that three or four hours of, 
of it because it's in your heart. That's what is the transforming power and why it is that we take the Bible in so that the Bible can be energized by the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the what? The Word of God. You have to be able to wield the sword of the Spirit, the Word, on a moment's notice when you're fighting temptation, when when you're you're in the world and you're in that battle. You have to carry that with you. It has to be not left in your devotional time. You're taking it with you day and night, meditating uh, on the Word. So the discipline of Bible intake. Um, when we come back, we're going to look at thinking biblically because it flows right out of here. That doesn't take uh, a long time, but I think it flowed best. And then we'll move right into the to what I, I think probably most of you are anxious to get to, the, the discipline of prayer, which I would say perhaps is one of the most needed and uh, difficult um, disciplines of them all. So we'll look at that. Hopefully it will be a help to you. Father, thank you for um, the time we've been able to share tonight. Father, make us more like you. Give us a greater love for your word motivate us lord to to pursue you to pursue godliness for the glory of christ lord give us opportunities to share what we're learning with others i pray bless uh, each of these that made it a priority to be here tonight Um, we ask it all in jesus name amen you're dismissed